Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Jacob Media Sports Network in partnership with AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for access to all daily sports content. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. How we doing, everyone? 7.30, just before 7.30 on a Monday. So it's time to speak with our guy, Johnny Mack. Follow John McMullen on Twitter at JF McMullen. Phillyvoice.com, SI.com is where you can find all of John's written work and host of Extending the Play every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11. All right, let's bring him into the convo now. John, how was your weekend, my friend? What was your Valentine's Day like? Ah, my Valentine's Day. I went out uh got a little takeout from the, what is the name of that place? I don't want to give them a free plug, so I shouldn't say it. Okay. But I, I tweeted to everybody, I'm trying to get out of earshot of my wife as we speak. You saw my real Valentine, and that's my dog. <laughs> Absolutely, as it should be. It should be. Your dog is obviously the Valentine. Everything else comes second. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here we are, man. Uh, you're going to have to talk me off the ledge a little bit again tonight. No, I'm, I'm doing better, John. I'm doing better from uh, late in the week last week when we spoke. But Carson Wentz, still a Philadelphia Eagle. Well, today was President's Day. So, you know, <laughs> it's a federal holiday. So maybe we can extend that to... NFL front offices, obviously. Just kidding on that standpoint. But as far as uh, stuff getting done, look, I mean, the Eagles haven't gotten an offer uh, that they deem acceptable yet. And you have to wonder why that is. Is it because 
they think Carson Wentz is actually that valuable, uh, or um, is it the fact that, as I've mentioned in the past, perhaps Jeffrey Lurie has put some qualifiers on this and said, look, if I'm going to eat $34 million, if I'm going to set this precedent, we got to get something back to sort of save face. I think that's sort of the two potential options that are going on here. And I think the latter is more likely than the former. Because if the Eagles, I've said it from the start, if the Eagles truly believe that Carson Wentz could be worth, it could become the quarterback again, that would be worth a Matthew Stafford-like haul, which is always the description given, they wouldn't be trading him in the first place. (laughs) And And by the way, the people that point out to say, well, he's unhappy, you know what? They would say, so what? You're under contract. You're a professional. Get in here and play. Can't have it both ways. That's what it seems like the Texans could do, right, with, with Deshaun Watson? You think that's possible? Yeah. I, I mean, for now, the Texans have no intention on training Deshaun Watson. They have all the leverage. We'll see how far Deshaun takes it. If he wants, you know, some people have speculated that he would be willing to sit out a year and gain some leverage that way. Okay, if you want to do that, uh, maybe we can talk about it. But there's very few people that would walk away from the type of money we're talking about. And that's why I think a lot of people don't take Deshaun Watson seriously. Um, And I don't take him seriously. I find it hard to believe he's walking away from that money. Is it possible? Anything's possible. But would you walk away from that kind of money? No. No, I would never do such a thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would never do I know, that. Uh, by the way, you know, it's like, it's almost like people think that's an insult when you say that about somebody. It's not an insult. It's it's being real, real instead of, you know, conjuring up these things that are so unlikely to happen. Look, you don't have leverage as as a player after you sign a deal like this. You sign the contract. Now you either play under that contract or sit out. There's no other option uh, if the team wants to play hardball. So you can you can act all high and mighty and say, well, they should let him out of the contract. They would cut him if he's not performing well. It doesn't matter. That's the system. And that's the reality. He's not the first quarterback to become unhappy, uh, as evidenced by Carson Wentz. But, and there have been dozens and dozens before, and there'll be dozens and dozens after. But generally, uh, I mean, the team holds all the cards. And the same holds true in both of these situations. Houston wants Deshaun Watson, obviously. Uh, and, and, you know, they're going to make him play. Uh, until he decides to uh, to make that type of drastic move, and maybe they'll revisit it at that point. In the case of the Eagles, they don't want Carson Wentz, and that's the big difference. Have we ever seen a quarterback of Deshaun Watson's stature sit out a season due to demanding a trade while under contract? I mean, Le'Veon Bell's the most recent player we can point to doing such a thing, uh, but I don't I can't recall a quarterback. Uh, Carson Palmer sat out 
um, the beginning of a season and was ultimately traded. Um, so uh, that is at Cincinnati to Oakland. So that uh, is sort of the template. Uh, and you mentioned uh, you're right on Le'Veon Bell being, and he lost, you know, and people have tried to uh, spin that uh, in different ways for Le'Veon Bell, but he not only lost just a boatload of money, he obviously wasn't the same player coming back. Not only did he pick the wrong situation, that year off didn't help him. I'll tell you that. So if Deshaun wants to take a look at Le'Veon, that didn't work out too well. How many years are on Watson's contract? I'm asking you a lot of Watson questions, but I think it's it's relatable to what's going on in Philadelphia and what could go on. So I'm, you know, just to explain that. Um, but what? How many years are left on his contract? Well, he just signed the extension, so I'm not sure when it starts. So it's it's a lot. It's four or five years we're talking about. It's not like he he, he signed a big money extension, so um, he's under contract for a while, and obviously. Um, his angst uh, is at the organization and how they've handled things, whether it's trading, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. He wanted more input into the coaching hire. He wanted more input into the general manager hire, which, by the way, I disagree with. And I say the same thing with Russell Wilson. I mean, that, that's insanity. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's not your purview. They don't have to ask you about the head coach. They don't have to ask you about the general manager. But that's where we are in kind of the modern generation. Um, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. Um, yeah, you're face of the franchise as the quarterback, and that's that's a big role, and, and it's always been that way. But it's also a role that takes a back seat uh, when it comes to personnel and when it comes to coaching. Um, that's just the way it's got to be. So. I, I agree with Deshaun, you know, whether it's Jack Esterby or, or how bad Bill O'Brien was as the general manager. Look, all of that is legitimate criticism. But to say you want to be involved, I, I you know, I can't defend that with GM and coaching hires. Think about that. That's absurd. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I asked you how many years because I, I brought up Le'Veon Bell, and I'm pretty sure after he sat out, he was he maybe was done or had one more year. So it was towards the end. But Deshaun Watson, he has three, four, five more years left. I mean, this is a big this is a big story for the future of the NFL. If you're other owners and general managers in the NFL, this is a statement opportunity for teams because you say, dude, you're under contract. Sit out all you want. We're not trading you. If they trade him, that could alter how players and agents and teams operate in the future. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it would. Um, and I think, you know, that's why people are looking at it. You know, it would be a, a huge dead money hit as well. We've talked about that a lot with Carson Wentz. So that's what complicates it. Russell Wilson's in that same category. Um, his number, I is I think 38 or 39 million because he just signed his extension, which was the, the largest quarterback contract in history. Um, so you're you're getting into some weird, yeah, weird places. 
um, and the fact that you can cripple, uh, at least for the short term, you can cripple your salary cap, and especially, you know, from the Eagles' perspective, uh, 2021 more than a normal year because of the pandemic and how things were scaled back. I mean, we're talking about 40 million less than what people would expect. Uh, on the salary cap if it were just a typical year. That's how um, devastating the revenue was kind of rolled back. So um, it, it's probably worse timing for the Eagles than it would be typically um, if, say, Wilson or, or, or Watson did this next season or, or and, and things got back to normal. But yeah, I mean, it, it is, and people are watching it, and, and people are trying to see what happens because if you force your way out, and players have done that, I mean, historically. Stefan Diggs would probably be the most recent uh, at a different position, and he had such a great year in Buffalo. He forced his way out. He was under contract. He had a good contract, uh, but he was so unhappy, he just forced the issue. But you're talking with the quarterback position, you're not only talking so much more money, um, but you're also talking about uh, obviously the leader of your team and how much you have invested in players like that. So it, it takes on even a higher level. And I do think it'll be interesting. If the Texans trade them, I, I mean, they'll, they'll get a haul. So, you know, you start – he probably wants to play for two teams. So it, it's Miami or, or the New York Jets. And if if it's the Jets, for instance, well, you're starting with the second overall pick. So from there, you probably have two more first-round picks on top of it. You got a quarterback coming back, most likely. It, it, it's, you know, Zach Wilson in the draft, most likely. Or Miami, it would be Tua and, and a – a boatload of first round picks. So, you know, they'd be getting tremendous value. It's not the same as um, Carson Wentz, even with Deshaun's uh, contract, because he's regarded as such a superstar player. Um, so there are some differences, but from Houston's standpoint, I, I, I mean, they've been steadfast, and they, they won't even talk about it. They won't, People have called, and they won't listen at this point, and understandably so. Crazy, crazy. It's an interesting ongoing story. It's not going to end anytime soon, uh, possibly very similar to the Eagles situation. Uh, John, you have an article posted today on phillyvoice.com. The Eagles have to figure out what to do at quarterback again. That's the title. There's also some clips of our previous conversations from late last week. But I, I just want to bring this up, one, to have people go read that article, and two, everyone, and this is just, I'm lumping people together, not literally, but everyone is saying, okay, going to get rid of Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts time, going to get a receiver or a position of need at number six. That's not limited. That like They have options here. Is Jalen Hurts the answer? Do they need another quarterback? Should they go a different direction? They have a lot of potential options. Howie Roseman could get really creative, for lack of a better way to put it. So talk about the position they're in at quarterback. We're also infatuated with Carson Wentz and where he's going to get traded. But there's much more to this offseason puzzle. Yeah, there is. And I, I'm I'm – I've been uh, a little bit surprised that people haven't gone that 
sort of extra step. Uh, I mean, the assumption you're right for the vast majority is, okay, you're trading Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts is your starter. I, I don't think that's necessarily true. And if you're putting a percentage on it, I, w- I would at least go 51-49 the other direction. Just knowing how this organization regards the quarterback position, I, I don't think they're going to hand the keys to a second-round pick who was 53rd overall. In fact, I think him being chosen 53 overall shows the value they place on that position in that Remember, at the time, they thought Carson Wentz was their guy. I mean, there was no even remote evidence that he was going to take this negative turn. Uh, And people speculated on, well, you should have gotten more help. You you should have done this. Uh, And all that hindsight of, of, say, having um, Jalen Hurts affect Carson Wentz's psyche, all of that is real. Uh, But that's, again, that's after the fact. When they made that pick, there was not even a thought in the world other than some concerns over Carson's injury history. That part of it was real. But they didn't take Jalen Hurts to push Carson Wentz. They took Jalen Hurts to be the backup, the cost-effective backup quarterback for four years, and they valued that position for obvious reasons. And, you know, some Taysom Hill type stuff to do some, you know, two quarterback stuff and all that nonsense. Um, So to me, it points in the other direction. They know how valuable the quarterback position is, and they're not going to just rely on the 53rd pick in the draft, especially, especially if you have the opportunity to get a player you think is going to be a superstar. Now, it always depends on your evaluation of these prospects. Now, Trevor Lawrence, you're not going to have an opportunity at. We all know that. Zach Wilson, you're not going to have an opportunity at. So it comes down to Justin Fields and Trey Lance. If you think one of those two guys is going to be a superstar quarterback in this league and you're at number six overall, you probably take Lance at six. Maybe not, though, because teams are so – quarterback deficient there's I, I know pro football focus did a mock draft today they had the quarterbacks going one through four because that's what happens in this league you know teams get antsy so if you want a quarterback and you see a quarterback go off the board at one and two you might trade up to three to get fields and if you want a quarterback and you're behind the top three you may trade up to four to get lands But I always go back, Ryan, to what Howie Roseman said in 2016 when he took Carson Wentz and traded up twice to get him. He said, we're not going to be here, and when you are here, you have to take advantage. And he was talking about the quarterback position. So he's up there at six, and there's four quarterbacks in the mix. If the Eagles like him and it comes down to evaluation, they got to shoot their shot. They can't count on Jalen Hurts. No way. John, Luke Pergandy here. I was curious your thoughts on the uh, report that Jalen Hurts is gathering uh, a handful of young Philadelphia Eagles wide receivers down in Texas 
something uh, I know you have called for uh, on this show that Carson did not do a good job of last offseason while clearly Tom Brady was doing that down in Southern Florida. He didn't like your answer, I don't think. Yeah, we lost <laughs> We lost John. <laughs> um, he said, screw you, Luke. Um, I don't care about your stupid question. I think it was a great question. <laughs> I think it was a great question, too. Uh, let's, try and get, let's try and get John back on the line. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see what, you know, what happened there. But, yeah, that, that's, a, that's another good question by Luke just regarding Jalen Hurts, him as a leader. John's talked to, talk to us about Jalen as a leader. Um, and how people gravitate toward him, et cetera, et cetera. John, do I have you? John? Uh, you do have me. Okay. Yes. Lost what, you there for a moment. What happened there? How much of Luke's question, if any, did you hear? I did not hear Luke's question. Okay, let's try this again. Luke, go ahead. Okay, take two. <laughs> um, question is, um, the report came out this morning that Jalen Hurts is gathering young Philadelphia Eagles receivers down in Texas uh, starting next week. And I know on this show, we've talked about Carson not gathering receivers last offseason in contrast to Tom Brady, who was doing this in Southern Florida. He's now infamous for walking to Byron Leftwich's house and clearly getting everyone together down in Florida to prepare for what became his Super Bowl championship run number seven. Curious your thoughts on Jalen doing this down in Texas uh, next week. Well, I, th- I, I I know we're having trouble with that second mic in the studio because I had trouble with it. So I think you asked about Jalen Hurts and about him getting the young receivers together uh, to work out on their own. Yep. Uh, and and the leadership aspect of it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but no, that's exactly what he asked. I, I've I've talked about that in the past, and you know the one thing that everybody kind of says about Jalen is he is a natural leader. People gravitate towards him. So that's, that's a positive uh, part uh, to his sort of skill set, because I think that is a skill um, and a a trait that uh, is obviously desirable when you're looking for a potential uh, starting quarterback in this league. And I think it's smart of him to try to seize control while he can seize control, he he knows um, Carson is likely out of here. Uh, he knows the Eagles are going to think about a quarterback in the top ten, but maybe they can't. You know, for instance, maybe they like Justin Fields. Maybe they think he's going to be a superstar, but they're not going to be able to get him at six, and maybe they can't get up to where they need to to get him. And, and then it defaults back to Jalen Hurts. So you got to do everything uh, possible. Uh, to put yourself in the best position to succeed. And I think it's always smart uh, to do that off-the-field work. I think that was an under-reported part of Carson Wentz's poor season uh, in the fact that he's a guy that really, really needs to stay on top of his mechanics. Um, and I don't think he did that in the offseason, at least to the degree he normally does when you have the on-field work of OTAs and mini camps and a full training camp, and you've got guys drilling and making sure you're staying on top of those things. I don't think, left to his own devices, I don't think Carson did 
as much as he should have when it comes to the fundamentals. Um, and I, I think it's smart of, of Jalen Hurts to do things like that. And I think uh, it's a good thing that he understands that that's something he should be going out of his way to do as the potential leader of this team. You retweeted Joe Banner earlier today, John, uh, and I thought that was interesting. Why don't you fill us, fill us slash the listeners uh, in on that? Well, I mean, Joe, I, I, I retweet Joe a lot. I mean, Joe is really good when it comes to um, contracts in this league. So, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people in Philadelphia who don't like him uh, for obvious reasons, but look, when you're talking about salary cap and, and contracts and potential trades, uh, there's not a lot of guys who understand the landscape better or, or more than Joe Banner. Um, so, you know, one of the things uh, Joe has been pretty consistent on, and I, I have to give him credit because he was one of the first that said the Eagles might take on that dead money. And obviously, he knows Jeffrey Lurie better than most people. He's his childhood best friend uh, before they had their falling out. Um, so uh, he, he's probably got a better window into that perspective than most. And, you know, when we talk about Carson Wentz being traded and, and the drop-dead date is probably uh, March 19th, um, March 17th being the start of the new league year, when the Eagles have a, a 10 million roster bonus. Um, and it, it's really a game of chicken right now. And, you know, what are the Eagles willing to do? How long are they willing to hold on to Carson Wentz to try to get back um, that sort of asset that will let you save face? And I think a first round pick, I think they're fine with that. If it's 20, if it's 21. And whatever else you get along with it might be a mid-third round pick, might be a conditional fourth. I think they would be fine with that. It doesn't seem like they would be fine with two second-round picks. And, well, I mean, Carson Wentz is coming off a terrible season. So you're you're selling a stock at its lowest point. And that's just that's just not easy to do. Uh, one more here for you, John, before we let you go. What's up with Dak Prescott? Can he end up anywhere uh, outside of Dallas? No, I, I mean, I think we're going down uh, most likely the Kirk Cousins route with Dak Prescott. So, I mean, if worse comes to worse, the Cowboys will uh, franchise tag him again. So he'll be on Dallas. And remember, you can franchise tag people to infinity if you want, um, as long as it's not in their contracts. And in the case of Dax, it's not. So, uh, But it goes up incrementally. It's not only that franchise number, but if you do it two years in a row, it goes up 10%. Then I think it goes up 15 or 20 And that's what happened to Washington uh, when they double franchise tag Kirk Cousins. Uh, they couldn't do it a third time. It was just the cost was just unbelievable. And then he hit the open market as a true free agent. And that never happens for 
starting quarterbacks at that level, and he cashed in, and he continues to cash in. Now, Dak Prescott's even better than that. So if he can pull that off, uh, he's going to make just enormous sums of money when he does get to the open market. From Dallas's perspective, I mean, they want to sign him to a long-term deal, obviously, because it would be more cost-effective to them. So uh, the injury complicates things even further because now both sides have to worry. The Cowboys have to worry if he's healthy, completely healthy. So that trend's more likely to another franchise tag. But now, I mean, Dak's going to be in Dallas, and he's going to be the starting quarterback. And if he's healthy, um, let's be honest, he's by far the best starting quarterback in this division. Yeah, by a mile, um, and it's not close, but we'll, we'll see what happens the rest of the way here in the offseason. John McMullen has you covered every step of the way, every night at 7.30, right here on The Fix, as we are live in the Prop Swap studios. Follow John on Twitter at McMullen. Check out his work at phillyvoice.com, si.com, and listen to him on Extending the Play every Saturday at 10 a.m., and listen to him all over the Jacob Media YouTube channel, J-A-K-I-B media all right j mac we'll do it again tomorrow my friend all right thanks guys appreciate it yep thank you there he is johnny mac uh it's it's crazy this offseason's gonna be nuts uh with quarterbacks on the move and maybe not on the move but there is a lot of possibilities and we're just waiting for uh the shoe to drop so to speak uh all right One hour down. When we come back, Luke and I are going to spend a few minutes with Sarah Todd, who covers the Utah Jazz, used to cover the Philadelphia 76ers. Those two teams are in action one hour from now, the Jazz seven-point favorites. We'll get all the latest from Utah straight from the arena pregame. Much more still ahead going up until 10 p.m. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.